Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> Okay, it's August 10th, 2017. You're listening to John's Old Time Radio Show. We have, once again, two special guests here in the south of France. You guys want to introduce yourselves and say hello? Uh, well, I'm R. Crumb. I live in the beautiful south of France. I'm, I realize I'm lucky that I live here. and It's a nice, cool day. It's, the weather's cooled down, so oh, we're comfortable. Yeah. Here we don't have the fan on. And we're here with... My very good friend Guillaume Veillet, who lives in eastern France in the Alpine region over near Switzerland. And uh, he's deep into old time French music. And so we you know, invited him to come and do some podcasting with us. Hi, folks. Hope you don't mind a French accent. <laughs> That's but, very charming. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> as we're going to talk about French music, well, it's makes sense yeah it's, it would be weird if it, if it wasn't there <laughs> and then to, today we're gonna talk about the wonderful wonderful musette style band musette style from uh, yeah uh, Paris from the golden age of musette which is like the late 20s up to the I don't know mid end of the 30s maybe and so I, I guess just you know briefly tell our listeners what musette was it was like Dance music, dance for music, for the working classes yeah. and the lower middle class. The upper classes looked down on Musette with, with snobbish scorn and indifference. <laughs> they did, like books, serious books about the history of French music do not mention Musette, though it was the accordion was king in France in the 1930s. But they, they, it's just considered, I don't know, common or something. I don't know. Yeah, but then too proletarian. Yeah, definitely. But we're lucky that maybe thousands of records of 78s yes, were recorded thousands. In the, yeah. from the early 20s to the 1950s because, uh, well, the 78 uh, era ended in 19, about 1954 in France, in France uh, and 55. So Musette records were issued uh, until the end. And uh, the music became then maybe more popular in the in general in the French society but it wasn't as good in the 50s no. as it was no before the war no and uh, in fact it became quite like tasteless in the 50s with people like Yvette Ornair and all that stuff it's awful it's like the same thing that happened to a lot of popular music in the US became very corny and awful in the 50s right and so like my generation in France all the guys I know in, in they're my age and grew up in the 50s who are intellectual and hip utterly rejected Musette and, and <laughs> listened to American music listened to rock and roll and rhythm and blues and stuff hmm. yeah you, you were born the same year and the biggest French rock uh, star was Johnny Hallyday Johnny Hallyday yeah. right and so working class people started listening to Johnny Hallyday in the 60s and uh, forgot about uh, yeah. Musette which was the music of their parents yeah, or grandparents. Johnny Holiday is a big French rock and roll hero of past decades. 
Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. really meet. He's many. like the Elvis of France, pretty much. The what? Kind of, yeah. Like kind of Elvis. Elvis. Uh, Elvis, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in a way. You, uh, yeah. In the streets, so you will meet many uh, 60 or 70 year old guys with, uh, wearing a Johnny Hallyday t shirt, you know. <laughs> and he's been a, a, a star for uh, <coughs> almost 60 years. But I'm not sure we're going to talk uh, about Johnny. Uh, I'm not going to play any <laughs> records by no. him. Uh, as we have so many uh, music records to listen to, and uh, yeah. the selection was very difficult because there's so it's, much good stuff. That's right, yeah, because as you said, they were s prolifically recorded. So, <clears throat> okay. All right, so what, do you guys know what we're going to start with? Yeah, we're going to start with the Italian named band Carini's Orchestra Musette. Carini would know nothing about him, but I assume he's Italian, and the the a lot of the tunes that these Italian accordion players uh, played in these musette dance halls were, were like Italian in their flavor, hmm. because they were Italians that had settled in Paris and in, influenced musette with with their music. So there's a lot of these Italian tunes on musette records. So we'll hear Carini. All right. <laughs> Thank you. 
beautiful too. Le long du quai, along the docks. Oui. The docks, right? That docks. was the word we were looking yeah. for, of yeah. course. And as you were saying, that's very uh, Italian sounding. Yeah. It's a very typical, like Italian mandolin tune. So a lot of musettes like that. Yeah, maybe you should say a few words about musette history uh, to, to well, explain why it's, uh, there are so many Italians uh, right. playing the accordion. Yeah, it's a big immigration of Italians to Paris, I guess. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, well, actually, there was um, uh, around a, a station in Paris which is called Gare de Lyon, uh, uh, where yeah. people came uh, from uh, southern France. Uh, uh, right. And okay. that part of uh, Paris, many people from Auvergne migrated yeah. in the 19th uh, century. But, uh, Auvergne is an area in central France. Yeah. And uh, they would come to work in Paris and uh, op they, many of them open uh, cafe bars ah. for the local uh, well for the local Auvergne <coughs> community and yeah. they, on Sundays they, they would dance there yeah. uh, and dance some traditional folk dances from uh, Auvergne especially the bourré which is the most common Auvergne dance and uh, so it was a, a Auvergne uh, area in, uh, near the Gare de Lyon and um, a few decades later some Italians arrived via the same station because they came later the Italians came later a bit later yeah, yeah? okay yeah. but I there had been you know people from uh, central France in Paris for uh, centuries Paris was made by migrants uh, so ah, right and uh, they right, uh, yeah. Auvergne were already settled at their cafe bar and they, uh, this new wave of uh, immigration uh, Italians uh, turned up huh. uh, and uh, um, the Auvergne played the cabaret which is a, a local backpipe yeah and uh, the uh, Italians had already had the accordions which well uh, they started of you know, making accordions in Italy in the 1860s well then the question arises there wasn't much French accordion before the Italians showed up there were uh, there were some uh, the first accordions were made in you know like Austria Germany and Austria yeah and uh, slowly uh, a few few um, uh, <coughs> factories were were open in France like Dodoni and Mogin yeah. And uh, so yeah. in the 1870s, 1880s, yeah. you start seeing uh, accordions, uh, diatonic accordions, who right, those little would ones, be called yeah. melodions in, uh, yeah. in America, uh, where um, you mm -hmm. start to see them on all pictures. Yeah, right. And, um, and but the dance music was, I mean, they weren't using accordions in, this, in proletarian working class dance bands that played in the parks and squares and all that. No, Until the Italians came, you think? Yeah. Uh, in parks, it was mainly brass bands. That's right. Yeah. Brass bands. Uh, champêtre. Yeah, orchestre champêtre. Yeah. Uh, so in, t in, in towns, in, yeah. or in small towns, because in villages, people would dance uh, with... Uh, Traditional fiddles, instruments, yeah. Backpipes, or uh, to the sound of a, a voice, a human voice. Uh, huh. Oh, yeah, they danced it to singing. Yeah, really? bourrées, uh, actually, the bourrées were mainly um, sung. And you would is that right? Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, because yeah, in uh, in families, you know, after dinner, you know, uh, you'd spend uh, yeah. the day in the fields, uh -huh. and uh, you want to dance, and there are only four people, and maybe there was no instrument, so it was much easier to yeah, really? just. So they would sing rhythmically, so people could dance. Yeah. To it. Huh. There's, 
Huh. And the same uh, songs. I never heard of that in the U.S. at all. Yeah. No. It's it's quite common in uh, Auvergne. It was quite common. And huh. uh, bagpipes were for only for big events like weddings or you know. outdoor events, right? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Huh. And thought to to uh, finish the story well because we're, let's uh, yeah uh, try to sum it up to the uh, tell it in a nutshell. Uh, these Italian accordion players t arrived in the, the area and started playing in this cafe in this cafe uh, Overna cafe, and um, f first uh, they were were not that appreciated because uh, they were migrants and uh, you know migrants. <coughs> Uh, it's, uh, there was even what I heard it was conflicts. There were fights among, between the Italians and the Auvergnats. So they were kind of all crammed into these same working class districts, you know. Hmm. And they had cultural differences. And the Italians were looked down on, of course, by the French as you know, for, ignorant foreigners and blah blah blah. So, but then the Italians kind of somehow eventually kind of fought their way into this cultural blend of this Auvergnat traditional music and Italian styles, including the accordion. In a way, they won, because after a few decades, uh, the bagpipes had almost That's right, died out. Was the accordion's more versatile, and, and like you were talking about the, yesterday, about film music and all that influencing Musette, and mm -hmm. those tunes have like, you know, more sophisticated chords and all that, which you, you can't do with bagpipes. And the accordions are quite versatile. And they kept getting bigger and bigger, the accordions, and you could play in more and more keys until the musette, the classic musette accordion is quite hard to play, actually. It's, it takes a lot of practice to learn to play that way, the way those guys could play. And to sum it up, uh, the bal musette, the musette style was born in, uh, in a melting pot. Uh, as tango was uh, in uh, New Jazz, Aires. all that. Jazz in New Orleans. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Rebetico in Athens, uh, it's yeah. uh, musicians coming from villages that uh, end up in a big city and mix their musics. And it, and we talked about the Auvergne community, about the Italian accordion player, but there were also the banjo players. The banjo was brought to France by the American <coughs> soldiers in uh, 1917. There were a few before, but the big, uh, uh, yeah. big the wave... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, well, oh. they, the Americans actually played the part in the birth of Musette, <laughs> and uh, the the banjo was played mainly by uh, gypsy musicians. That's uh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and some Spanish Spanish migrants as well. Yeah, this a lot of the string players in those Musette bands were gypsy guys, including Django Reinhardt. He started out playing in Musette bands, played banjo. Yeah. <clears throat> So let's hear another Italian uh, accordion player, Gigetto Castancelli, and his orchestra musette doing a tune called Virginia. Okay, cool. Thank you. 
So that was not only an American tune, but I mean, that was very American style. Like it sounded almost like an American dance band. Like if you'd put that on and said, this is an American dance band with accordion in it, I wouldn't have said, no, it can't be. Well, there was a lot going on in Paris in the 20s, you know? Sure. There was jazz bands playing and everything. So it all kind of mixed together. Sure. Yeah, the American influence on Musette was quite big. Uh, also, not only because the, the Americans brought the banjo, but also because of the tunes. Yeah, uh, many foxtrots. You know, oh which, yeah, foxtrot uh, was became a popular dance in in Paris. So that guy, uh, Gigetto, we just listened to to Virginia by uh, him and his band. It, it wasn't uh, regular in the small dance halls in Paris. You know, it was m- more of a uh, big theaters and uh, big dance halls. Big musician, dancing, yeah. Musician, uh, that's why uh, maybe I don't ten musicians. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's a bigger uh, band, yeah. Of course, not typical of what you would hear in small dance halls in the, in the neighborhoods. Quartier de la Bastille. So yeah. the Bastille area in Paris is close to Gare de Lyon, to the station. And that's mm-hmm. where most of the dance halls, but not all dance halls, uh, settled. Well, there was neighborhoods like Belleville also had a whole bunch of these yeah. little little tiny bells. Some of them were no bigger than this room that we're in. And the musicians would have to play in a little balcony up above the dance floor because there wasn't right, enough right. room for a stage. <laughs> and they have, sometimes they have to climb up a ladder, and then the ladder would be taken away. They'd be trapped <laughs> up there, the musicians. <laughs> The more dancers you could get in, the more money you made. So, uh, yeah. of course, you could fit in. So. And uh, so, the typical um, musette band, uh, there would be only two or three instruments the like accordion, of course, the banjo, and sometimes yeah. the drums. That's right, yeah. And that uh, were called in Paris jazz. Jazz was, you know, J A Z E, which were uh, because it, uh, uh, it was. Uh, it sounded American, you know. So yeah. sure, sure. the drum set with the bass drum and the the snare and the the cymbal it was called a jazz. That's funny. <laughs> Add drums, instant jazz. <laughs> so maybe we could listen to uh, uh, an early uh, musette record uh, by with a, a Cardo Banjo, like the Vesad one or Pizzanelli. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, what what else? Really basic Vesad ones. Yeah. The three piece. The, the one I took, maybe. Uh, it's Balo Bordolo. There's a piano, but there would be some in the, the red one. This yeah. one, yeah, this would be a good one. Well, they're very rare. Enovat label. Yeah. 
Did you get a picture of that last label? That yes, I did. Okay. Thanks. See, this is uh, Jean Vesade, accordionist from Auvergne, actually. And he, he made hundreds of records in the 20s and the 30s. And this is quite, this is early, this is like for Musette's, they start recording it in the late 20s, actually. Musette, there's not much earlier than that. And this is probably like 1929. Hmm. And again, you have to tell the title. The Bal of Bordelot. You know, the Bal uh, 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 near, near water. water, next to water. And it's a song, actually, a song which was written by a Leon writer, was um, a Romanian uh, migrant in Paris who became uh, the first person to sing uh, with an accordion on the French radio. And he. He wrote many tunes uh, huh. he did. Uh, and uh, recorded many Musette records <coughs> under his name, under uh, uh, a name, uh, band, his band's name, which was Orchestre Montmartois Constantin. A huge star in France in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. Hmm. Because he, he was on the radio, you know.
very typical of a small Balmusette bands and you know, how they played in a, in a typical small neighborhood dance place. That was really, really nice. I really liked it. Nice banjo. Yeah. And there was a piano as well. Yeah. Here's another typical small musette group. Some of these records would say orchestra musette. When you listen to it, you realize it's only two guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Accordion and banjo or something. <laughs> orchestra musette. Who is this? This is uh, the orchestra royal musette, royale. And it's the accordionist is Belanger, and the banjoist is just called Garçon, hmm. which just means boy, who knows. <clears throat> On the rare Sonabel label. And the tune is called Chunette. Chunette Waltz. And uh, what, what year we think that's from? 1930? 1930, probably, yeah. It's really great. Great plane, great tune. The Again, this very Italian sounding with those minor mm. chords and all that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have so many of these records, I'm lucky enough to say. And... Uh, you know, I never noticed the connection between uh, Italian music and this until you told me. And now yeah. it's so obvious. Like, I can't <laughs> believe I didn't figure it out my, myself. Just, just didn't occur to me. You know, but like, like he said earlier, like you could just hear a, a mandolin, an Italian mandolinist playing these melodies that are on the accordion. And, yeah, you right. know, even though, I mean, the rhythm's pretty basic, but it's 
not dissimilar at all. Yeah. And the big the the accordion player we just heard was French. The biggest names right. are Italians, like from the Tony Murena, Fredo Gardoni, uh, Carini. We heard, but it wasn't a big name. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Medar Ferrero, uh, okay. even Marcel Azola, who's still alive, was one of the last uh, musician, uh, um, uh, musette musicians of the seventy eight era, because he recorded some uh, sides in uh, early fifties. Or well, but then there's this guy. Uh, Ah, of course, <laughs> Emile Vacher. Oh, it's one of the best. Who was right? considered the king of Musette. He, was, he called himself that, the, the, the roi de Musette. Right. <laughs> what, was he like the most famous accordionist in, in Musette, time, you think? In, in his time, but then he was superseded later by these hipper guys like uh, that he was talking about that played more hip jazzy style. But in, in his early 30s period, he was probably the top guy. Yeah, the two biggest uh, sellers in the early 30s must have been Vaché and Fredo Gardoni. Yeah, was, uh, of Italian origin. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one right. was playing for the for Pate, and yeah, uh, Vaché uh, was yeah. an Odeon. So. And there was Alexander who played for Columbia, Columbia was also yeah. very big. Yeah, true. Gar Gardoni, you see, issued in America, you know, on like Victor Scroll. But only a couple, different... was two or three. Yeah. yeah. I found a, a Japanese uh, Gardoni record in Tokyo. <laughs> on Columbia or Victor? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I need to check. Uh, one side was Gardoni, the other side was De Prince, who was another famous ah. Gardoni player from the ah. 30s. Those are probably from HMB, so they're probably on Victor. Yeah, well, oh, let's, let's say Victor. Probably. This is Plaisance, and on this label they call it Plaisance Fox, because yep, it's a foxtrot it. tempo.
Yeah, what do you think it was the appeal of Emile Vacher in his time that made him the king of the that accordion players? What's the appeal? Uh, I can only guess. Uh, it, it was there before most of the others. Uh, he was born in 1883. Uh, yeah. He's early, yeah. And um, he started playing in the early 20th uh, century. Um, first alongside the harp player, which is quite weird oh, when yeah, you think huh. about it. Huh. And he had his own uh, dance hall uh, in the early mm. 1910s. Yeah. Huh. And huh. then he yeah, was very famous. For instance, Jo Privat, who was, uh, also was a very famous accordion player, as a kid uh, started playing because of uh, Emile Vacher. Actually, Vacher was a regular at um, Joe Privat's aunt's uh, brother in, uh, you know. Uh, oh, really? Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah? Oh, and uh, Joe Privat had a small diatonic accordion and uh, uh, his aunt uh, said uh, to Vacher, the kid is a good player, what do you think? And, oh, yes, he's playing well, he should keep playing. And he was a big star at the time. Uh, and as, uh, as um, Joe Privat put it uh, in a, a TV, TV documentary where he, he was talking about Vacher, and he said that that guy uh, nowadays would have a, his own, own plane, you know, would tour uh, as a rock star. And uh, so he was <laughs> the biggest name in the 20s and a big name in the 30s and almost forgotten then in the 50s. Unfortunately, and he, he died in 1969. Uh, yeah. With no no money left on his uh, bank account, he uh, gambled all his money away yeah. horse races, <laughs> and uh, everybody had forgotten him. And, well, yeah, that's and, a bit and, sad. And his style became old fashioned, you know, it was superseded by more hip, jazzy accordion players. Mm. Okay, let's hear a here's one with a, a female vocalist on it named Yvonne Legay who apparently was, became somewhat famous in the movies at some point. Okay. Mademoiselle Yvonne Leger, accompagnée par l'orchestre Musette Gatineau. So with the Musette Orchestra Gatineau's. And Gatineau's, I'm not familiar with these names. Gatineau's, Gatineau's is a pseudonym, I think, for Farnes. Oh, okay. Because that's right, the serial numbers right in with these Farnes records, I think, get they often use these Italian pseudonyms on his records for some reason. There's Valentino, uh, what's the other one? Rolando. <laughs> yeah, and they add a ness, you know, uh, yeah. to make it sound a bit American. Like huh. this singer whose uh, name was Marcel. You know, yeah. Marcel is a very typical French name, and they added an S, so it's Marcel's. That's why uh, they did it to sound American, really? Yeah, to sound uh, <laughs> hip and American. Oh, yeah? and, That's funny, I always. And this is called parce que, parce que il est grand, because he's so big or something. Yeah. He's tall, or maybe he's got a big dick, who knows. No, it's probably written by some guy who kept hitting his head in the doorways <laughs> like I do around here, you know?
xylophone comes in there at the very last couple seconds that was nice nice vocal to me that's deeply french yeah. the way she sings and everything yeah there's a parisian accent which was very yeah. strong in the 20s yeah. and 30s and which has almost disappeared but sometimes when you enter a parisian cafe and some old guy is speaking with that accent oh, really? <laughs> with uh-huh. the equivalent of a cockney accent you know yeah so good and you parlez plus comme ça french comedian jean gabin for instance has talked like this next up parisien i don't know if there are des francophones qui ont écouté that sounds like it that beaux yeux tu sais and uh, this, like, uh, these singers on Musette Records often are not well-known, you know. They're studio singers, and they will sing um, songs, you know, hits of the time, you know, songs that were... Uh, many songs uh, on Musette Records come from musicals. There were many musicals in the early 30s in France. Yeah, yeah. And they the best songs are recorded were recorded by music bounce because they would sell well and uh, <coughs> yeah. catchy and sure but there were lots of songwriters who were pushing their songs on these musette bands to record though so there's lots of bad tunes recorded that that never went anywhere and just unfortunately there's you know a lot of records of good bands playing bad tunes a lot of them kind of the same thing in America right yeah yeah Guys is cranking out tunes and was, was it was it the same thing here as in America where they were selling music through uh, sheet music? Yeah, they had sheet music. Yeah, yeah. Was a, it a big industry like it I was in America? Not sure. I don't see too much like around. You used to see piles of it. I have like, yeah, tons of them. Old. You find some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes to, uh, the only pictures we have uh, left of some uh, accordion players 
Right. We find them on the, on the, um, this. We call them petit format. The little little cheaply printed sheet music on like cheap newsprint paper, real small yeah. that they sold very cheaply. And and yet, as he said, so some musicians the only photograph that that's known is on these old cheaply printed sheet music. So that sounds kind of similar to America. Yeah. They were trying to push the sheet music because of the performer and the whole. Yeah. And you know, thousands of people played the accordion, and you know, thousand, you know, so people want to learn tunes. Yeah. Sometimes you find a petit format, which is a French name, and you you see the name of the tune, and uh, it's uh, under it's written uh, rec also recorded by. Uh, you have a list of names of yeah. record player and the oh, really? uh, yeah. cat catalog number, so you know you can find the same tune of Deca uh, on, on Columbia and. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's listen to this Albert Huard record. Oh, very nice. Both, yeah, both sides. sides are really good on this one. It's yeah, like, and Robert preferred one side and I preferred the other. And we, That happens to us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> then we usually hear the other side. He asked me if I had like this record. Just as much. He asked me if I had Night by Albert Huard, and I said, gee, I don't think I have that. I, I, only have, I have one Odeon by him, and I, I really like it, and it's called, you know, I. And I look, pulled my copy out, and the other side, oh, the other side was night. <laughs> We've probably done that a hundred times, you know. But then, it, right. then sometimes you hear the other person's favorite side, and it's like you got a new record. You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. what happened. And yeah. that, so we're gonna play maybe both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hear both. Let's now. play the fat, the both. foxtrot side first, and then we'll play the uh, the waltz side. So how do you pronounce this this? title of that tune. Moi, moi je n'en suis pas. I'm not part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah? Huh. Not part of it. What part of what is he talking about? Yeah, it must be uh, from a musical. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not gay or that, you know. Uh, could mm. be. Uh, could sound like I hope it's not that meaning, but the label says, you know, executed by Albert Huard and the virtuoso accordionist and his famous orchestra. Alright. And he had a big fancy band where they all wore uniforms. They must have played a big uh, large dancing place or something. And you know, we played a lot alongside uh, Leon Reiter. We talked about him earlier. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They, yeah. Were, they were kind of a team for a while. Yeah. They played accordions together on their earliest records, which are really nice. The, the True. accordion duets. But then they had a split up at some point. <laughs> Thank you. 
great. Great. Yeah. What a band. Yeah. Okay, now let's hear the beautiful waltz that you love, Guillaume. Yeah. What's that one called? Night. Night, English Night. name. Okay. <laughs> ago on a, a CD I made for uh, the Fremont label in France uh -huh. uh, because uh, not many people nowadays in France uh, enjoy listening to Musette and uh, don't know much about it but in the early 90s uh, this label Fremont launched uh, a collection of uh, Musette reissues which was Yeah. Uh, directed by Didier Roussin, uh, right, a yeah. gu guitar player who unfortunately died at a very young age. Uh, it was 46. It was 46 in the uh, 90s. But uh, so he made volume 1 and 2. Some other guy did volume 3 and <coughs> I did volume 4. Mm -hmm. I must confess it did not sell well. But no. <laughs> it was, it was uh, nice I know the feeling, did. brother. <laughs> yeah. It's funny about that. Musette's kind of forgotten France. Well, it's just, I mean, my God. Plus, in this day and age with computers, you know, like 
I put out compilations like, you know, sell a couple hundred copies, two or three hundred copies maybe, and then uh, and then all these people come up to you and tell you how much they like your comp and say, oh, where'd you get it? And they kind of look at you, well, well you know, uh, I guess I, you know, I, I, I downloaded it, you know, like they, they're file sharing, of course, you know, so the tiny bit of people who are, are interested aren't even, you know, interested in buying it very difficult makes it very very difficult to do i mean if i didn't have a you know job that made me a little extra money not that i really should be wasting it you know i, I wouldn't be able to afford doing this and this um this music um cd uh, uh, uh actually was um you can't find it uh, for downloading on the internet but not Uh, it's, it's on sale, but not by frame, or somebody copied it. Uh, uh, pirate, pir oh yeah, piracy. pirate version? Pirate version, but you can, on, I don't know, maybe on Amazon or Deezer, you can buy the, the tunes, you know, but they were just copied on the, on the CD we released. Yeah, that, 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 that's horrible, horrible. That happens all the time, too. Let's hear one of my favorite guys, Hubert Bressillon. Oh, yeah, it's great. And... Uh, Also one of my favorite singers on these Musette records, Leo Jantrell. Okay, cool. I like him. And you have to read the title again. Okay, no know. problem. C'est sûrement pas la première fois. Uh, it's not the first time. Right. I guess it's not the first time. <laughs> 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 Thank you. 
So what was he singing about on there? Yeah, it's uh, the guy singing. So it's um, it's been a bachelor for many years, and uh, he tries to to get married. So he is courting a lady and uh, giving presents. But um, c'est sûrement pas la première fois. I mean, it's, it's not the first time some guy is trying to court her, and uh. she is not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical funny Parisian song, uh, you know, from the 20s or 30s. Uh, songs were very funny, you know, very, never rude, of course. You know, and but they could be very sexual, but uh, in a, a roundabout way, indirect, know, yeah, indirect way. And uh, yeah, many funny songs at that time. But you, you didn't have like the famous Hokum boys. Doing like uh, double entendre type stuff. Yeah. Some of that. Some yeah. Of that, yeah. Is there? Guillaume suggested we play accordionettes because it's a nice uh, instrumental accordion tour de force. Okay, cool. By the accordion player's name is Tedeschi. Yeah. But the band is Jean Peronin, who's Peronin. Yeah, Jean Peronin was uh, Emile Vacher's pianist, and uh, later played with uh, Antoine Tedeschi, who was. Uh, well, yeah. Italian accordion player. Accordionette.
Dang, big ending. And that tune was uh, written by Emile Prudhomme, who was very young at the time. Oh. I think this is from 1936. Yeah. And Prudhomme was born in 1914, so he was only 22. And he yeah. would become a, a big star uh, right. during the war. Because uh, uh, the accordion players um, and the music style was at its peak during World War II. Yeah. Uh, because um, uh, all jazz musicians from America had to flee France. And uh, you couldn't dance anymore, so the um, oh. uh, the accordion players couldn't play in bal musette anymore. So they played really? in uh, jazz uh, jazz halls, you know. And they oh, would yeah? play. Uh, they would sit on chairs, and people would sit and listen to them as they would listen to some jazz concert. Wh so what happened with the bells? Why did they shut down the bells? Uh, because there are you know, too many people uh, turning. Uh, there, there was a. A couvre-feu, you know how to call uh, uh, a curfew. Curfew, yes. Yeah, oh, so okay. Wow. Uh, wow. Although in uh, villages people kept dancing, but uh, yeah. in uh, caves, you in know, Paris they couldn't. Huh. And so um, jazz music was played by accordion players, and the swing musette style was at yeah. its peak. Uh -huh. And uh, Prudhomme mm. at that time played the uh, swing musette. Then he uh, played more commercial music. And Gus Wieser, Tony Murena, yeah, and yeah. Emil Carrara were the big names of the of the time. Yeah, but it's not my favorite favorite period. I, I know it's not your favorite either, Robert. But but many right. good sites were recorded at the time yeah. on, on bad um, bad quality records because yeah. it was the war. war. Yeah. And that uh, people mostly remember in France that kind of musette, they don't remember the earlier musette so much, the, the kind that we like. Okay, time for one last record? Yeah, sure. Okay, this is a band called the Orchestra Musette de la Rue de Lap. The director is Maurice Muno, and uh, the Rue de Lap had a lot of these bal musettes and dance halls on it. It was a, a hot center of, of that kind of music. It's Rue de Lap's near Bastille. Now it's a huge tourist place for young people. It's yeah. always crowded with young people. There's a lot of cafes. and, and There's still I, I, one last bow is left on the Rue de Lap. The bow, bow, what's it called? Balajo? Balajo, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, a great looking place. I don't know what goes on there now, but it's yeah. still great looking. Must be some musette on Sunday afternoons for older people. And otherwise, you I think still? I think so, yeah. Wow. Let us check. Okay. And there's still one Auvergnat restaurant called La Galoche d'Auriac, and otherwise it's all uh, modern restaurants and modern yeah. music. Youth-oriented. Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys both for doing uh, the show again. It's an unbelievable wealth of music and knowledge. And for those of you out there are still listening, congratulations. You're enjoying some beautiful music. And, uh, you know, I assume some people are just not going to like this because it's like yeah. musette music. And accordion, those, people don't like accordion. Those people aren't here with us anymore, so I can say, you know, fooey on you. <laughs> this is some really, de faire foutre. Yeah, some really beautiful, beautiful music. <laughs> so and we're the, lucky to be able to hear it. Only a few people are even trying to preserve it. So. Guillaume, why don't you uh, pronounce again the title of this tune? J'aime tes grands yeux. I love your big wide eyes. <laughs> and the singer's name is Colette Betty, whoever she is. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
tes lèvres Domptant mon émoi Je voudrais poser Le plus ardent de mes Merci, au revoir. <laughs> As for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love your audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's Old Time Radio Show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. Well, that was I'm, great. I'm great. I'm going to use that in every show. Every show is going to end That's with that from now on. That's a career she could have had.